All right, Rabbi say good morning, good morning. Let us begin. Baruch Hashem, beginning by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning. We to thank our Tamatora sponsors, Dr. Linda Weinberg, Sarah Ricky Gratz, Julia, Rina, and Eve, in loving memory of their father, husband, and Zayda. Dr. Paul Weinberg, Paris Moshe, Ben Avram, Ayal, and Sarah Steinberg, in the Sulsa of Fushlima for Shulamis, Mas Susha, and Adam Ben Yudit in the Sulsa of Arthilos being Neskabel. A week of learning sponsors, Ira Miriam Grossman, in creation of the art site of Melech Ben Azriel, and Avi Zeisman, creation of the art site of his mother, Ziva Bas Avram. We hope then the merit of our Talmud Torah. All of the Neshamas Lahavan Aliyah, the families in Nechama, and we thank all of our Mishpachos for their sponsorships and generosity. I will say today's daf is daf kuf 100. We are picking up in Merit Hashem on Tzadik Tess. I'm amazed a lot to do today, Baruch Hashem. Sorry. Okay, we are picking up on Tzadik Tess 99b. And we are picking up, we left off yesterday. We left off yesterday in the interesting machlokas regard. A little closer. Can I pass? Is it maybe the bot on that the, on the panel thing there? The, it's the, the right button. I think if you turn it towards the right, the volume goes up. From what I've been told. Better, better, better. No. Okay, I'll just keep it closer. Good. Thank you. All right, so we'll see. So on Sadiq Tess, thank you, Sammy. On, on 99B, so we left off with the interesting machlokas regarding if a person goes ahead and says to his shaliach, the achar v'lo l'shnayim. He says to his shaliach, sell it to one person, not to two people. So everyone agrees that if the shaliach goes in and sells it to two people, then halacha l'maysa, the sale is invalid. What happens if he just said sell it to one person, but he wasn't explicit about not selling it to two? So there we have a machlokas. Rav Huna says, Rav Huna says still, to one means to one and not to two. Rav Chista says to one just means to one. So you can sell it to many more than one as well. To many more than one as well. So we then saw a story of, we saw a story of Rav Nachman, but let's pick up, we are picking up two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty, twelve. Okay, probably you from the top. Twenty-one, line, 21 lines up from the bottom. Amrulay. They say back to Rav Nachman, remember again, this was Rav Chista and Rav Barafunu by Rav Nachman in Surah. So they said to Rav Nachman, you taught us that in Ona'ah Bikarkos, we learned this concept yesterday, that there is no idea of overcharging when it comes to Karka. Shabbos said, this is true. When do we say in Ona'ah Bikarkos? That's when the Balabais, the owner of the Karka, charges more, charges less. However, but if the shaliach makes a mistake in the way that he goes in and he sells the land, the balabayis, the grantor, could say, the principal could say, I sent you to help me out and not to compromise me. In general, how do we see that there is a distinction between the shaliach and the balabayis? Where, where do we see that concept? So it's actually very interesting. What Gemara is essentially advancing is the idea that perhaps when I am selling my own land, there is a margin of error. Or, it's, or, it's, or it's just say there's a margin of error that's acceptable, that doesn't void the transaction. Yet when the shaliach goes ahead and is supposed to execute an agency, there is no margin of error. So where do we see that concept? So the Gemara says, here we go. I say to a shaliach, tithe my produce for me. Okay, so what's the halacha? Torin kedas palabais. 
The halach is that the shaliach has to figure out what, or say, term Gedash Rabbis means the shaliach, had, the shaliach is obligated to tithe the produce as I would have tithed the produce. If you look at Rashi, Rashi is almost right across from Rashi. Term Gedash Rabbis, kafimashuhu makirbo im ayin yofa echad mearboim bim ayin ro echad mishishim. So we'll say it's actually very interesting. When it comes to tithing, there are different levels of tithing. Sometimes people tithe generously. That's one fortieth. Sometimes people tithe um, a little bit miser- miserly. Okay, not generously. Right? That's one sixtieth. And then there's a midah benonis, which is one fiftieth. I tell my shaliach, take tithe from my produce. What don't I tell the shaliach? What don't I tell him? How much? So in that case, the shaliach is the shaliach has the leverage to go out, or she has the not leverage has the has the maneuverability to tithe in accordance with what he thinks my tithing patterns are. Then any What happens if ultimately the shaliach does not know how much I would tithe? In that case, he takes the middle road one fiftieth. I, if he, if he veers, if he veers by a tenth in, in either direction. In other words, so the idea is if you don't know what the Balabayas would tithe, go with a 50th. I, if you end up doing a, for, right, a 40th or a 60th, ultimately again, Shuma so Shuma, ultimately it works. So, so what do you see from there? What do you see from there? That a Balabay, that even a Shaliach does have a range, right? There is some level of flexibility by definition of Mishlichos. Interestingly enough, if you scoop up produce and you say, okay, I'm scooping up truma, and it turns out that you scooped up what? 120th, ultimately the truma designation is still valid. Now, leaving aside the Balabayas case, the point over here is you see that a shaliach does have flexibility. That was the word. Flexibility. Right? There is flexibility for a shaliach. And even if he deviates a little bit from what the Balabayas wanted him to do, the Shlichos is still effective. So to which the Gemara says, Tashma, Fine. So Tashma, So yet again, so on one hand, you're showing me here by Truma that what? That the shaliach has some level of flexibility. Yeah, we keep coming back to the same case in the Mishnah. A woman who has a ksuva for 400 zuz, she sells off parcel one for 100, parcel two for 100, parcel three for 100. And then what happens? She gets the parcel four. Parcel four is what? Worth 101 zuz. She sells it for 100. What's the halacha? What's the halacha? The last transaction is bottle. Is bottle. So I will say, so again, so ultimately, yeah, and yet, look at Rashi, so now is just going back for just a second. So I will say, so, okay, so we're jumping back and forth a little bit. So the Gemara just got finished, essentially, saying that even by Shlichos, there's some level of flexibility. Now we're jumping back to the Ksuva case. Now, if you remember again, the, we had another case in yesterday's daf. What was yesterday's case? That let's say I tell the shaliach, I want you to go ahead and sell two acres. The shaliach sells one acre. So remember again, the shaliach said, why did he only sell one acre? Why did he sell one acre? 
Because again, once you sell land, that's it. And even though I'm strapped for cash, he said, you know what, sell one parcel at a time. What do I posit back to the Shaliyah? What do I say back to him? I say, I don't want to have to maintain so many different shtaras, so many different documents. So I'll say, what was the halacha there? So now the Gemara is jumping back to that case for just a moment. Interestingly enough, the Gemara says, we're dealing over here with a woman who's owed 400 zuz by the Yisomen. And so essentially, what do they tell her? What do they tell her? They tell her, go sell off 400 zuz of land. So what does she do? She sells one parcel, two parcels, three parcels, four parcels. But one second, it, for the, from the Yisomen's perspective, this is not good because now there's multiple shtaros. And yet you see that the transaction stands there's only a problem with the last transaction because she undersells a piece of property. But clearly you see that we're not worried about the proliferation of shtaros, to which the Gemara No, 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 that case is different. Why? Because there, there's no choice. We're not talking about one contiguous large tract of land that she's selling off piecemeal. Rather, what are we talking about? Multiple smaller pieces of land. Okay, so we'll say that is the end of the sugya. So first of all, halacha lamaisa. How do we paskin? Shabbos says, So the Rambam writes in Hilchos Shluchin Veshutfin in Parak Aleph Halacha Dalit. Very quickly, listen to this. Haomer Lashlucho Makarli Misada Shali Base Saw, Umachalo Base Sasayim. So remember again, what was question number one? Question number one was, I tell my Shaliyah to sell an acre. And what does he do? What does he do? He sells two. This is how this whole thing got started. What was the Shaila? What was the Shaila? How do I view his actions? Remember again the two words? Is he Mosif? adding onto the shlichos or over, in violation of the terms of the shlichos, in which case the shlichos is void. The Rambam Paskins, so again, I asked him to sell an acre, he sells two, Harezim Mosif al-Dvarov, the Kana Halokeach base Sa'ab Bilbad. We view the shlichos as being Mosif, so therefore he's adding on the shlichos, therefore it's still good. Now, obviously, the shlichos is only good for what? For what? For the acre I told him to sell, right? Obviously, you can't sell something that the owner did not grant you permission to sell. So, halacha l'maysa, the shlichos is good for the one acre. Beautiful, that's case one. Case two, I tell the to sell two acres, and what? He sells one acre. So, amr lo macharli beis sasay macharlo beis sa'ah, harezim ma'avir al-dvarav, I'll say fascinating. In that case, the shlichos is batal, because the shliach is considered to be in violation of the terms of the agency. Why? You see from here that what? That the Aloha understands, I want the Shlech to sell two acres, not one acre, because I don't want a proliferation of Shtaros. The fact that the Shaliach went ahead and violated that instruction voids the entire Shlichos. Okay, last case, last case. Amr la machali sadala adam echad. I will say, if Aloha la if Aloha la I say, sell the field to one person, and the Shaliach sells the field to multiple per- people, Ultimately, shlichos is void. Shlichos is void. What happens if I just tell him, go ahead and sell the field, but I don't articulate to how many purchasers? In that case, the shaliach has the right to go, has the flexibility to sell it to as many people as he wants. Beautiful. I will say that is all the halacha lamais of the previous sugya. Mishnah. Shuma dayon shepech sushtos shusos o hosifu shusos. We'll say very interesting case here. Normally, the halachos of Onah, we mentioned this yesterday, halachos of Onah center around a sixth, right? If you overcharge by a sixth, undercharge by a sixth, ultimately, that is grounds for the voiding of a transaction. 
Now, now we've, we have seen that there is no ono'a by karka, no ono'a by real property. And again, that has to do with the nature of real estate. Fine. Now, this is an interesting case. Shoma we'll say, what say based in is selling off property? Yeah, very simple case, right? Based in is going out and selling off property, ultimately, again, to let's say satisfy Aksuva or for any other debt. It doesn't really make a difference. The point over here is based in is the one who is doing the valuation and ultimately the sale. So, let's say, you know, say the Beisdin, they went ahead and either they overvalued or undervalued the property by a sixth. What's Talacha? Mikran Batal. So, we'll say Tanakama says that even, even a Beisdin is subject to the Halachos of Ona. So, if in selling off property, they go ahead and overcharge, undercharge a sixth, ultimately, again, the transaction is void. Absolutely not. Even if Beisdin overcharges or undercharges by a sixth, ultimately, again, the transaction stands. Why? Because the Gemara says over here, because otherwise, what good is Beisdin? What good is Beisdin? In other words, it's actually a fascinating idea. Meaning what the Gemara is saying is like this, is what makes Beisdin Beisdin is that they're, they're, not proclamations, but their rulings, their rulings stand. If you're going to start overturning, if you're going to start overturning rulings of Beisdin, then what power does Beisdin really have? Aval, im asa igeres bikores benehem, afilu machron shavem mana b'masayim, u shavem asayim b'mana, machron kayim. However, halacha lamaisa, if Beisdin made an igeres bikores, now what's an igeres bikores? Rashi says over here, hachroza, halashim bikores, if Beisdin announced the sale of the property and, it, it, and it, it fetched some type of weird market price, for example, you ended up selling a field that was worth 100 for 200 or 200 for 100, in that case, everyone agrees that the sale stands. Why? Because since it was announced, this is what the market fetched. Now, I will say, so you have a fun, 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 fundamental machlokis over here. So Tanakama holds that Beisdin is subject to the laws of Ona'a, overcharging and undercharging. Shigalmiya says, absolutely not. They are exempt. Whatever Beisdin does always stands because otherwise you fundamentally erode the power of Beisdin. It says, the Gemara, Shliach Keman. So I'll say, this is fascinating. So who does, so I'll say, so now we have two models, right? We have two models. We have the Beisdin model, and, and, and the Almana model, right? So remember again, the Beisdin model is according, according to Rabshun Gamliel, or actually I should say, even according to Tanakamo, is that as long as you're not undercharging or overcharging by more or less than a sixth, what's the status of Beisdin's transaction? What's the status? Valid. Everyone agrees with that. Contrast that with the Almana. What was the case of the Almana? If the Almana overcharges, or I should say, undersells by even the smallest amount, right? She takes a field that's worth 101 zuz, and she sells it for one zuz. What's talacha? What's talacha? The sale is, the sale is void. So now the Gemara asks, Who is the shaliach like? Is the shaliach like in Amana, and therefore no margin of error? Or the shaliach is like based in some margin of error? So top of Kuf, Rava Om Rav Nachman Shliach Kedayonim. So Rav is saying Rav Nachman that a Shaliach is like a basin, is like Dayonim. Rav Shmuel Bar Bista Om Rav Nachman Ke'amana. Rav Shmuel Bar said in the name of Rav Nachman, no, the Shaliach is like an Amana. So let's analyze. Rava Om Rav Nachman Shliach Kedayonim. So Rava says in Rav Nachman that a Shaliach is like Dayonim. And therefore the, the Shaliach himself also has 
a sixth margin, up to a sixth margin of error. Mad that you're going to love Ledido, Afshliach Nami love Ledido. Just like the Dayonim, they're not selling their own property. In other words, they're not doing something for themselves. They're trying to go ahead and help another. So to the Shaliach, he's not selling for himself. He is trying to help another as well. La Fuke Amana de Contrast this with the case of an Amana, right? An Amana ultimately again is selling it for herself. Rosh Bar said, no, she, that, that the Shliach is like an Amana. Why? Ma Amana Yechido, Af Shliach Yochid. Just like an Amana is an individual, a Shliach is also an individual. La Fuke Beisdin de Rabbeninu. To exclude a Beisdin, that a Beisdin is not a Yochid. A Beisdin is a Rabbin. Beisdin is a Rabbin. Okay, and what's the most of us? The Hilchasa, Shliach Ke Amana. Ultimately, again, the Shaliyah, as Gemara says, the halacha is, the Shaliyah is like an Amara. Therefore, I both say, so essentially what we have over here is as follows. When it comes so far, so far, a Shaliyah and Amara who make any mistake transactionally that voids their transaction. That, void their, that, that voids their transaction. A Beisdin, a Beisdin, everyone is agreeing that there is some margin of error acceptable within a Beisdin, the Machlokas is how much of a margin of error. Okay. Umash nami hadislan. Why is this different than the following case? Homer the shlucha. We just actually mentioned this in the previous sugya. Homer the shlucha. Tzevetarum. I say to the shaliach, tithe my produce. Torim kedas balabayis. The shaliach should tithe in accordance with with what he knows my tithing practice to be. The many odei daito shabalabayis. I. What happens if the shaliach? Does not know, does not know my tithing practice. Then what's the halacha? Torah bebenonis. Ultimately, again, he should take the middle approach. Echad mechamishim. One fiftieth. So in other words, the shaliach doesn't know if I'm a generous guy, one fortieth, or a stingy guy, one sixtieth. So therefore, what should he do? Take the middle ground, one fiftieth. I piches asara ohosif asara. What happens if he adds a tenth, subtracts a tenth? What's the halacha? Chuma so chuma. The chuma is still good. Shum is still good. Okay. So we'll say, so what do you see from here? What do you see from here? That a shaliach does have some flexibility. Right? You see from here that a shaliach does have some level of flexibility. So what's going on over here? Hasam came in the Ika determined by Ayn Rav, Ika determined by Ayn Yafa, Amrali Lahaki, I'm the Ticho. Avahacha ta'usuhu. So we'll say, it's very interesting. There's a difference between a range and a mistake. So we'll say, so for the case of Truma, there is, there is an objective range in which people tithe, right? And it ranges from 140th to 160th. So if the shaliach goes ahead, so right, let's say I tell the shaliach, go ahead and tithe my produce. And it happens to be, I'm a 160, I'm a 150th guy, middle of the road. The shaliach tithes me at 140th. Say, oh, you made a mistake. He said, listen, I didn't make a mistake. Even if I made a mistake, my mistake is still what? Still what? In the acceptable range. In the acceptable range. Okay, I didn't know your exact practices. We're close enough. I will say, that's different than a mistake. So for example, with the shaliach to go ahead and take a field that's worth 100 zuz, 101 zuz, and sell it for 100, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Salah so, the Gemara says, when there's a range, so okay, the shaliach is allowed to operate in that range. That's fine. But a mistake ultimately goes ahead and voids his shlichos immediately. Amr lei loi boi Because what's say? I could always say to a shaliach, 
I did not engage you to make a mistake. In other words, we'll say, we have this refrain, uh, I sent you to help me, not to harm me. So the shalichus is the shalichus is only intact when ultimately it provides a service to the mishaleach. But the moment that the shalichus comes and puts me at a disadvantage, by definition, it is dissolved. So the Gemara goes right. The halacha follows the chum. So therefore, Rabbi say, remember again, the chum in the Mishnah hold that halacha lamaisa based in based in could make a mistake in the valuation of property up to what up to a sixth. So comes along, comes along, Rafuna and Rafuna Rafuna Bar Chanina says in the name of Nachman that the halacha follows the chachamim. Oh, good. So the Gemara says, "Lastly, Rav Nachman Makoch Beizin Yafa." Rabbi say one second. What about the, what Rav Shimon Gamil is raising? Because you again remember, Rav is saying it's not true. The actions of a Beisdin have to stand. So I will say this is actually fascinating because let, let's play this out for just a moment. Let's say Beisdin, right? Let's say, for example, Ruven died, left behind Rachel. Beisdin needs to step in to sell off properties to go ahead and satisfy Rachel's ksuba. So Beisdin steps in. It turns out that they totally misvalued the properties. Totally misvalued it. So now let's say again, they, they, they undersold it by, uh, by, you know, a third, right? So now, Rav Shingamil is saying that their, their, their sale, their transaction still stands. Now we'll say, what's, what's going on over here? So if you notice, by the way, there's a fundamental tension. What's the tension? On one hand, what they did puts the assumption, puts the estate at a disadvantage. On the other hand, if you overturn their ruling, what does that do? That fundamentally undermines the effectiveness of basis. So essentially what we have over here is there's a clash between the needs of the individuals, in this case the Yisomim, versus the needs of the collective, the community. The community needs Basin to be strong and needs Basin's rulings to be, to be viewed as, as unchallengeable. Unchallengeable. The individual needs the ruling overturned. So essentially what Rosh Hashanah is saying is the needs of the community always trump the needs of the individual. That, that's, that, that is, so that's what it means when it says, Im kein makoach beizin yafa. What are you doing to the power of Bezdin if you start overturning their rulings? So does Rav Nachman not subscribe to that idea? First white line, right? If Yisomim come to go ahead and divide up their father's estate, Based in Ma'amidalan Apatropis, Uborlam Chilek Yafa. So we'll say, so based in goes ahead and establishes for each Naman Apatropis an executor, right? And ultimately, again, and the executor helps each of them find their correct portion. Higdilu, if the Yisomim get older, when they get older, Yicholun Limchos, they have the ability to object to the portion they received. Rav Nachman, the day Rav Nachman himself says, Higdilu, and Yicholun Limchos. So we'll say, Rav Nachman himself says, no, 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 when they get older, they cannot object to you. As, as the famous adage goes, you get what you get, right? So once they got their portion, you do, they, they don't have the right to object. Why? Because we'll say, otherwise, what is the good of Beisdin, right? If Beisdin's rulings could be overturned, then wherein lies the effectiveness of Beisdin? So we'll say, so what do you see from here? Rav Nachman himself does hold If that's the case, then why would he allow the ruling to be overturned over here in the Mishnah? To which the Gemara says, not a kasha, lo kasha, hadito, hadaloto. He was saying, Rav Nachman says, it's not a fair case. 
There's a difference between a case where Bezin makes a mistake versus where Bezin didn't make a mistake. In our Mishnah, in our Mishnah, if they're overselling or underselling by more than a six, they're both say, what is that? That's a mistake. That's a mistake. Mistakes, mistakes are overturnable, which is a good, which is a good life lesson. Right? In this case over here, by the Yusomim, they're not making a mistake. If they're not making a mistake, ultimately they didn't make a mistake. So when the Yusomim get older, what are they able to object to or object about? To which the Baruchos. Ultimately, again, because when they get older, the Yosem could, could say, ah, we didn't want it in the north, we wanted it in the south. Well, in other words, the, 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 the division is fine, but they're unhappy about where they received the land. So in that case, Rav Nachman says, look, that's it. Bezin made a decision. In came Makwach Bezin Yafem. In the Mishnah's case, the Gemara is saying over here, Rav Nachman is saying over here, this is a mistake. This is a mistake. Right? When it comes to a mistake, even the rulings of Bezdin can be overturned. I, what about Imkein Makoach Bezdin Yofa? The will say, Surab Nachman will say, the job of Bezdin ultimately, again, is to deliver MS, is to deliver truth. So if what they did is wrong, that has to be overturned. Kiyosa Rabdimi Amar, Maisa Vaasa Rabbi Kedirecha Chachamim. Rabdimi said, there was a Maisa and Rabbi Paskin like the Chachamim. Amar the fun of Parta Benosh Rabbi Elozeb in Parta, Ben Benosh Rabbi Parta, Godel Imkein, I so again Parta said to Rebbe, Rebbe, if you overturn the rulings of Bezdin, then ultimately again, what power does Bezdin have? And Rebbe went ahead and didn't overturn the ruling. So in Rabbi Safra, in, in, in Rav Safra's model, Rav Safra's model, Rabbi didn't pass like the Chum, he was ready to pass like the Chumim. Amr the Fun, the part of Benosh Shabbalos, the part of Benosh Shabbalos, the part of Benosh Shabbalos, the part of Benosh Rabbi didn't act. Okay, so it was like two different versions. In version one, he passed like the Chum, and then reversed. In version two, he was about to pass like the Chum, but didn't end up doing so. So I will say, so again, we have a fundamental machlokis over here, between the Tanakama and Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Bezdin sold properties and they messed up. They messed up. They undersold or oversold by more than a sixth. In that case, Tanakama says, reverse their ruling. Reversing, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, no, in came Makar Bezdin Yafa. Leave it as it is. We have a vested interest in a strong Bezdin. Strong Bezdin means that their rulings must be respected. And sometimes for their rulings to be respected, you have to even leave the erroneous ones intact. Says the Gemara, what are they arguing about? So, Mar Tavar, here we go. Tabadvar Mishnah, Choser, Umar Savar, Eina Choser. Suppose this is very interesting. We're going to see now that there are different types of mistakes that a Bezdin makes. There's what's called Tabadvar Mishnah. Tabadvar Mishnah means when a Bezdin makes a mistake in an explicit ruling. Explicit ruling, right? Something that's not contested. So maybe their argument or we'll say over here is like this. That maybe the machlokas is when Bezin makes a mistake in an explicit ruling, is that reversible or not? To which the Gemara says, Lo, the Chuli Amatar, everyone agrees that if Bezin makes a mistake in an explicit ruling. So we'll say this is very important. Everyone agrees if Bezin's mistake is clear, everyone knows it, everyone sees it. Choser, that is a reversible ruling. 
So the Gemara says, Umar Savar, Hachi Havamaisa, Umar Savar, Hachi Havamaisa. So it could be very well over here that interestingly enough, the Machlokis is what we call when Bezdin is Torah Beshikol Hadas. Shikol Hadas means something that's an opinion. That's an opinion. That requires an opinion, that requires an assessment. So then Bezdin makes a quote unquote mistake. Then there's a Machlokis. Then there's a Machlokis whether or not whether or not such a ruling is reversible. So the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, the Machlokis over here is in the story, in, the, in, the, in Maisa, what happened? What is the Torah B'dvar Mishnah, not a Torah B'dvar Mishnah, okay? Amr Yosef, Armalto Dizvina, Achrayas Yasmi. It was a very interesting case. If an Amana sells off property in order to, so, we'll say, so I just want to point out, this Machlokis is still hovering over here. We haven't resolved it yet, and it is a fundamental Machlokis. So we'll say, so Machlokis number one is really, whether or not the erroneous rulings of Beisdin are overturnable. Tanakama says yes, Rav Shigamil says no. Says no. Machlokes is rooted in what? In Kain Ma Koach Beisdin Yofa. Are we concerned about the fundamental erosion of the authority of Beisdin or not? There's now a sub-discussion as well about what type of rulings are we talking about? Are we talking about Torah B'dvar Mishnah? Where based in based makes him say in, in an explicit Mishnah or Torah B'shikol Hadas something that is an opinion. Okay, we'll come back to that as well. Let me jumping a little bit. Amar Yosef Armaltos Vino Achrayasayasmi. Very interesting case. If an Amona sells off property to satisfy her Ksuba, the Achrayas the responsibility for the sale is on who the Isomin. So we'll say what does that mean? So let's just play this out. Rachel's widowed. She's selling off property for her Ksuba. She sells off. A parcel of land to, to party A. It turns out that her deceased husband had a creditor. So what happens? The creditor comes now and seizes the property from, from purchaser A. Who does A go back to? Who does A go back to? Not the Amana. He goes back to the Isomim, which is the estate. The estate. Or based in the Zabin, when Bezin sells property, Sayasmi. Also, same idea. If Bezin is selling off property, again, to satisfy the debts of the estate, who has the achrayis? The Isomim. Subshita, Subshita, the Zavius. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, Subshita, Amaralo is Shrikhale. You're right, the case of the Amana Zavius, Ki Itzdrichle Beidina. See, so here's what's interesting. The, the novelty case is the Beisdin. That when Beisdin sells off property, ultimately again to take, care of the, to take care of the debts of the estate, that the responsibility, the achrayis for the sale, rests upon the assumption of the estate. Because I would have thought, what? What would you have thought? So I would have thought like this. When Bezdin sells something, when Bezdin sells something, by definition there's a call. Right? There's so much publicity that centers around that sale that that is like buying with Achrayis from the Bezdin. Kamash no. Kamash said that even though when Bezdin sells something, even though hopefully there is a call, Lemaise, if there's a problem, ultimately, again, the Achrayis goes back against the Asomen. Incredible. Rav Shigal so what Rav Shigal says, now we'll say back to the Mishnah. So what did Rav Shigal say? Remember again, Rav Shigal held that Halacha Lemaise, Halacha Lemaise, the, even if Bezdin undersells by more than a sixth or less than a sixth, the sale is still valid because Imkain Makkoach Bezdin Yafa. You might not ask a very interesting question. The Ad Kama, so we'll say, even in Rav Shimon model, is there, is there an error that is so egregious, right, so blatant, 
that it would cause the voiding of the transaction. Yes, up until a half. In other words, I will say, if you go ahead and you miss the mark by 50% or more, then even Hashem would agree that that's grounds for avoiding of the transaction. That supports this. So we'll say, so ultimately, again, Bezin that sold the property that was worth 200 for 100 or 100 for 200, their sale is valid. So we'll say, so that's up to, right? In other words, so the Gemara says, Abalgo. Good. So we'll say, very interesting case. If Bezin sells without announcing, now we'll say, in general, you want to go ahead and make a hakraza. You want to announce a sale. Announce a sale of property before you sell. Why? Because like I said, that attracts attention. When again, attracting attention will hopefully drive up the price. What happens if Bezdin sells without hakraza? They just make the sale, but they never announce the sale. They never announce the sale beforehand. Very interesting. This is the equivalent. This is the equivalent, ultimately again, to going ahead and making a mistake in an explicit ruling. And what's ta'alacha when you make a mistake in an explicit ruling? Ultimately, again, the sale is void. The transaction is void. Nasu, Sigmar says, Nasu, va, I'm sorry, Nasu vadaito. So we'll say, ultimately, if you look at Rashi over here, no, not yet. So Rashi, Rashi says, Nasu, Bitmiya, Havadaito, Hadarashanisham. So we'll say, the Lashon of the here is, Nasu, they are as if they made a mistake in an explicit ruling. So the Gemara says, as if they made a mistake, Vadaito, they did make a mistake. This man, Shum Hayisom Shloshim Yom. The Bible says, it's very interesting. When going ahead and valuating property, ultimately, again, what Kirashi says, I'm sorry, not yet. So when you're going, you sell property off to satisfy debts of the Yisomim. Right? So what's Talacha? 30 days. 30 days. You announce it, in other words, shum, say, shum literally means evaluation. What it means is we let the property sit on the market for 30 days to create a call, shuma hakdish, shishim yom. If you're selling off property for hakdish, you allow it to sit on the market, right, for 60 days in order again to create the call, in order to create the publicity. Umachrizim baboker ubaerev. And ultimately, we announce about the sale of the property in the morning and in the evening. So Basin goes ahead and sells, right? If Basin sells ultimately without what? If Basin sells halakha again without any type of announcement, that's toabidvar mishnah, right? That's, that's making a mistake in an explicit ruling to which the Gemara says, imeahi, because if it would have just been from that case or from that statement, hava amina hani midi shaliach, that's true ultimately again when the shaliach, so if the shaliach sells, Without making an announcement, then that's Torah Mishnah, that that voice the Shlichos, about based in low. But maybe when based in sells, based in doesn't need to make an announcement. Kamash Malam, that based in needs to announce also before they make a sale. And if based in sells without a prior announcement, that is the equivalent of Torah Bidvar Mishnah, making, an exp- making a, a mistake with an explicit ruling, and ultimately the transaction is void. Say, say, Ravashir Amemar. So Ravashi raised the kasha to Amemar, Shum Hadayonim Shepech Sushtos, O Sisushasos. If ultimately, again, the Dayonim went ahead and evaluated something, right? And they either overpriced it by a six or underpriced it by a six, 
Michran bottle. Their sale is bottle. Hashave b'shave Michran kayim. Ultimately, but if they sell it for the right price, their transaction is good. My love, the law achrus. Are we not talking about a case where as long as they sell it for the right price, even if what? Even if they didn't announce the sale ahead of time, the sale is still good. To which the Gemara says, so I'm sorry, uh, my love, the law achrus. Lo, but the achrus. No, we're talking about a case where they announced the sale. So the Gemara says, one second. But again, if the Sefer is going to be talking about a case where they announced it, then they didn't announce it. If they went ahead of us, I remember again, I made this Geras Bikoras, I made the announcement. Even if they sold the field for 200 Zos, for 100 Zos, or 200 Zos for 100 Zos, Mikran Kayim. So that's the case of Osayim where they made the announcement. Rather, they must be talking about a case in the Reisha where they didn't announce it. Here we go. So Yimar says, it's fascinating. You don't make announcements for the sale of every single type of piece of property. There are certain things for which you announce where Beis Din did not do it. That's called Toeh Bidvar Mishnah. That's called making a mistake in an explicit ruling, which is grounds to avoid the transaction. But then there are other examples of things that you do not announce before you sell it. For example, fascinating. Here are examples of things that you do not announce before selling. For example, says, I will say, slaves, movable property, and documents. What does this mean? Avadim, taimamai, very interesting. You don't announce the sale of Avadim before, before their sale. Why? Because they may hear and what? Run away. You don't announce the Tatal Why not? So we'll say, so sometimes if people hear about this stuff, right, too often what's going to happen? They're going to come and they're going to go ahead and steal it. I will say, or the other possibility is that sometimes there are times that we go ahead and announce. Excuse me, sometimes times we don't announce. What does this mean? I mean, Ardoi, Lekarga, Lemezorim, Lekavura, Mezabninon, Beloaz, Karta, Achrasta. I will say, for certain things, because there is an immediate need, you have to sell it off even without announcing. For example, Karga, I will say, is the king's head tax, Mezonos is food, Kavura is burial. There are certain needs that are immediate and emergent needs, and therefore you don't have the luxury of announcing and seeing what something fetches on the open market. You just have to get the job done now. Be by saying, well, the other possibility is, say there are some places where they would announce, some places where they wouldn't announce. Ultimately, again, Ramachman said, for example, they never, I will say, announced property sales, or for that matter, sales in Nardah. Maybe because in Nardah they were expert in assessing property, so they didn't need to go ahead and make the announcement, put it on the open market to see what the price would be. This is very interesting. In Nardah, the reason why they did not go ahead and announce pr- sales of property by Bezin is something very interesting. When is Bezin usually selling property? When there's some type of ongoing issue. Right? There's some type of issue. There's debts, there's this. There's a little bit sometimes of an embarrassment when buying property 
from Beisdin because it looks like you may be exploiting the situation of someone else. Right? Someone else is having difficulty. Someone else is having difficulty. That's why Beisdin is selling off the property. And what am I doing? I'm swooping in and taking advantage of someone else's saris. So often people would be a bit reticent to step into property sales like that, but yet we need people to buy that property. So I will say, so in our doll, they stopped announcing property because they would call people, these people are consuming the property of the announcement. In other words, it was a derogatory term. Therefore, in our doll, interestingly enough, see, I will say it's fascinating. Normally, the reason you announce property sales is why? Right. To make sure you have buyers. In our doll, in our doll, they would not announce property sales in order to what? Make sure they entice proper interest. So we'll have to stop over here for today. Shkoyach. All right, everyone. Zoom everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Dr. Lossman, great to see you. Ramesh Allen, great to see you. David, wonderful to see you. Our whole Eretz Yisrael contingent. Baruch Hashem. A good night, everyone. A good night of Shabbos. I'm sorry. Thank you. Good to see you.